So, um, like I said, what we're going to do is kind of move into a time of what you guys would know as a sermon. I'm going to talk to you guys for a few minutes. It's going to be much shorter than normal, so you can kind of settle in. Um, We're not going to, I'll have some scripture on the screen for you in a moment. Um, But it's a little bit different, so I know it's a crazy time. Um, I always say, like, good morning, and I'm so glad to be here. It's a joy to gather with you, and I mean that every week. I say it every week, but it's because I mean it. Um, I look forward to this. And so I know it's a crazy time with COVID cases, with the holidays, um, but we're glad to be here. And and like I said, today's uh, service is a little different than normal if you are visiting with us. Um, Typically what we do is we preach through books of the Bible. And so next week we'll be back in the gospel of John doing that. We'll be in John 13 next week. Um, We'll be back in that. And so what we do, what that means, so you know who we are, because this is kind of a vision Sunday, so to speak. Um, We take the text and we allow it to dictate the topic and the content. Uh, But every week we're, we're pointing that to Jesus and saying, hey, how does the gospel inform and impact that in our lives? Because we believe deeply here at New Eden that Jesus is the only thing that has power to change lives. We can have programs, we can have lights, we can have music, we can have all these things, but at the end of the day, those things can't change lives, they can't make dead hearts live, they can't bring healing to trauma, they can't bring hope to the hurting, only Jesus can do that. And so everything we do, including what we're doing today, is to remind us together of that. That's what we're about. And so it's a little different manner than we normally do, but next week we'll be back to our normal rhythms. Um, So what we're going to do is I want to refresh for us our vision and mission. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. We've done that a lot, but we think it's important to do. Um, And then after that, Kevin and I are going to lead us in kind of an extended time of prayer, uh, which will take us into communion and we'll close with a couple songs. So the last couple weeks for me have been a little slower than normal. Uh, We didn't do a bunch over the, the Christmas season, and I'm thankful for that. Um, we had family in town, so we were, you know, going, going, going there. But on the whole, it's been a little bit of an easier pace for me, which means I've been able to dream. So for me, because of my personality, I know that I'm in a healthy, restful spot when I have bandwidth to dream a little bit, okay? And so what I don't mean is sitting up at night, like wondering how I'm going to solve current problems. I mean, like if I'm sitting in bed at night trying to fall asleep and I'm like dreaming about the next two or three years for my family or for New Eden or whatever, that means that I'm probably in a pretty healthy spot. And so I've been doing that a little bit um, over the last couple of weeks. And I'm not really big on like words for the new year. Maybe some of you are, but I thought like, what the heck, I'm going to have a conversation with the spirit. Like what for New Eden church? Like, are there a couple words or ideas or thoughts that we should kind of like focus on? Because I'm, I'm like, I'm dreaming all the time, right? So I've got a million dreams. It doesn't take long to get me going on dreaming, but I'm like, let's streamline this. Let's talk with the Holy Spirit. And so after processing with the Holy Spirit and also Kevin, um, one of our other pastors here, um, we kind of came to two big things. And so what they are is deep roots and dependence. And so I'll explain kind of further what those mean in a minute. But those are kind of two things as we go into 2022 that I'm, I'm praying for us, that we would take deep roots, that we would dig deep here uh, as a family, and that we would also have utter dependence on the Holy Spirit. And so I want to I explain these ideas within the context of our vision and mission. And so quickly, let me review that. We talk about it a lot, but it's, it, it's what keeps us focused and it's, it's biblical. It's given to us by God. So first, what is our vision? So we say our vision is the flourishing of Decatur for the good of the world and the glory of God. And so if you don't live in Decatur, you live in a surrounding community, you can plug in wherever it is that you live, work, and play. We want to see it flourish um, for 
the good of the world and the glory of God. So I'm not gonna go to all the scriptures. We could, we could go through the whole from the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, but we get this vision from multiple places in scripture where we're told that the idea is that God's kingdom, meaning his rule and reign, will come into the, the earth in the present as it is in heaven. And we also see it labeled, uh, sometimes it's said this way, that the glory of God will cover the entire earth like the waters cover the sea. And so what that means is that every square inch of the cosmos will be underneath the good rule and reign of God. And the great thing about this vision, it's given to us by God and God himself will see to it that this vision happens. Like the whole story of the scriptures is God's rescue plan saying, hey, I'm creating, it starts in the garden. I'm creating this place for humanity and God to, to commune together and dwell together. And that's where the story ends with this giant cosmos, like of the garden temple where God and humanity dwells together. And we get to be a part of that in the micro, in the here and now, as, as the kingdom of God burst forth into the present. So that's our vision. We know it's gonna happen because God's promised it is. That's what's great about the vision and mission of the church. And then secondly, so, so that's big picture vision and then the mission. What is the part that we play in that as the local church to see that accomplished? And it's to make disciples who worship Jesus, abide in Jesus, and reflect Jesus in all of life. The mission of every church should be some form of making disciples. Right? We can say it in, in clever ways, in different ways, that it's memorable, but the reality is for every single church, it's the mission that God gave to the church, make disciples. It's not building buildings, it's not building programs, it's not uh, making sure your attendance is tracking where you know, all the metrics say it should track. That's not ultimately the end of the day what is this. It's are we forming disciples into Christ-likeness who will then multiply and do the same. So that's, again, I'm not gonna take time to flesh that out. If you want to, we've got full sermons um, on that from our 2020 vision series when we launch, right before we launch. You can go find those on the app or on, on the website. So that's, that's a big picture, right? 30,000 foot view. Right, we can talk about that, but what, what, what do I go do, right? What does that look like with skin on, right? What does it look like with like fleshing that out, right? Uh, while we gather here, right? What, everyday stuff of life, you wake up and you're, you're gathering here as the church or you're gathering in your community group or you're just changing diapers or whatever it is, you're going to work, clocking in, checking, like whatever it is you do, going to school, right? What does it mean for New Eden in the here and now? Does that big picture stuff even matter? And I would say very much so it does. Like, so, so we, we, we want to keep focus of that big goal, but we can't forget that this is a journey of which we will not arrive at its destination fully until King Jesus returns. So, so let me just take some pressure off of us, right? We can talk about mission and vision and we've got to run hard, but we don't want you walking around with this missional guilt all the time. Like just walking around saying, hey, I feel guilty because I'm not doing enough. Maybe you think that God's really upset with you because you're not always engaged in what has been labeled as the spiritual task. You know, we've divided the sacred and the secular. Like in some ways, yes, it's a mission of vision, but we want you to relax. Like you're not that important that you can derail the global cosmic mission of God because you missed a day of your new Bible reading plan. Like, it's going to be okay, like, I promise, right? Like, we can go after those rhythms, and that can be healthy, but listen, the mission of God is big and cosmic, but God's kingdom moves forth in the mundane, everyday tasks. Things like laughing around a fire with your friends, texting them to encourage them, giving effort at your job, like, whatever it is you're doing. See, the fight that we're called to fight is not one of doing, it's a fight of faith. 
It's, it's a fight to surrender our lives to the active work of the Holy Spirit so that we might be more fully formed into his image from the inside out and out of that fruit will flow. And we can't get that backwards. We can't try to manufacture fruit and tie it onto the tree. Like that's not how it works. It comes from the inside out. And as we do that, we will die to self. We will lose our lives so we can find our lives in Christ. And so what I want to do is quickly cast a vision for what I think fruitful faithfulness looks like for us in 2022. So this might sound counterintuitive, but it's actually important. You would think I'd say, let's get to work. But what I think the Spirit is leading us to as a New Eden family in 2022 is to plant deep roots and dig in. This last year has been a little crazy. We went through a building project and process. We were meeting at different spots in the park and at the coffee shop and at the Albany and then here. And it's just been kind of chaotic and it's been good. We've ran hard. I'm glad we've done that. But I think we need to dig in and find our rhythms as a church family and as individuals. Maybe some of you, you know, have felt kind of scattered, right? And, and I don't know what season of life you're in. This season, the year might be just as chaotic as the last one. Last one, but as a family, I want us to lean in together. So Jeremiah 29, seven, um, this is to the nation of Israel. They're in exile in Babylon. And this is what God tells them to do. He says, pursue the well-being of the city that I've deported you to. So their enemies who have taken them in exile says, hey, pursue the well-being of that city. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. He goes on a few verses later and says, for this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, this is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, right? So we know this, for I know the plans I have for you. It's a common verse, throw it on a coffee mug, but make sure you add that it's gonna be 70 years of exile before God actually shows up and does something. I don't know if that would be as, you know, Christian romantic or whatever, but yeah. So this is the context here, but here's the thing. So Israel, like us, was in exile. We are in exile. This, as we've said it before, this world is not our home. Now, I want to qualify that because one day Jesus is coming back and flooding the whole earth, right? But there's a sense in which we are in exile. And so God did not tell them to fight all the cultural wars. He did not tell them um, to just, you know, really get to work and, and try to, you know, force all these evil kings to do what they want them to do, right? Now, he does tell them to be wary of false prophets and idols. Don't be influenced by the way of this age. But he tells them to live in this tension of pursuing the well-being and flourishing of the city where they were, even though it wasn't the final destination, right? So relax, plant roots, thrive, have kids, you know, hang out, do whatever, like settle down. And trust that God will be the one to bring a future and a hope. And this is what we're called to do. We want to dig deep roots here in our city. That's what I want for you in your neighborhoods, or in your context. So this Sunday gathering, for example, it's super important. It's a rhythm that we're going to have, right? Week after week. But it's not the end all be all. Like We want this to be a hub from which you go out into your communities and your neighborhoods and you live out the good news of Jesus with your life and you're displaying to the world this picture of flourishing in the midst of exile. And I'm going to get to this in a minute, but only the Spirit can do that and make that happen. 
So for us as a body, we, we want to settle into rhythms. We might start some structures and systems and cohorts as we have need, but we're not going to do it just because we feel like we have to, right? We're going to do it just feel like we have to go, go, go and create something new all the time to keep people happy. Like that's not it. Like we're going to fight to rest and abide and sit together at the feet of Jesus. See, we just want to hear from you. We don't want to go slower than you. We don't want to go faster than you. We just want to walk. Last year, like I said, was a season of running hard for many of us, and that's okay. But we want to make sure we're slowing down and listening to the Spirit and set down deep roots. So, so we need to dig deep roots. But while we do this, it doesn't mean that we're complacent or apathetic. Uh, God tells the nation of Israel to, to pray, to, to seek, to hope, to call on Yahweh. So, so this wasn't a passive thing. They're saying, hey, like call on God, depend on Him to do the work, to come in. Don't just try to fight the battle and, and have this overthrow of, of the, the nation that's taken you into exile. No, just fight and trust, fight to trust in Jesus. This is radical dependence on God. And like I said earlier, like I'm a, I'm a big dreamer. I have big dreams. All you gotta do is ask me about this building. I'll tell you all my plans for the second floor. I'll tell you my plans to build a deck out there where I can smoke cigars and, and watch stuff going on on Bank Street, if that's okay. And, and, and then like we want a co-working space and coffee shop up front and this venue and I want to buy this building back here for our kids' space enough to go upstairs eventually and a little awning over here. Parents can park out there and bring their kids in and come in. Like I can dream all day, but here's the thing. If the Lord doesn't build the house, we labor in vain. And I'm not talking about a physical place. I mean the church, the people. That's what it is under the new covenant. We are wasting our time if we don't have Jesus. If we're not abiding in him, we're gonna see in a few weeks in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. And that's actually good news for us because we're not the ones. We, can't, we will wear ourselves out trying to make our own plans come to pass. And we might build a kingdom, but we won't build his kingdom. Because he's the only one that can do that. And so we surrender and trust to him. We want our church, the family of God here, to be a place of justice, of truth telling, of healing, of transformation in the midst of a world full of lies and division. This physical building that's a gift, a tool for the kingdom, we want it to, to take in a place that was chaotic and empty and void. And, and we've done this with the first floor. It used, once sat dead and useless, and now it's activity and order and life. We want our city to flourish and be a place where people can experience Jesus. And we want that to go to the ends of the earth. This is such a big calling that it cannot happen without the Holy Spirit, without the work of God in our midst. For Israel, their ultimate hope for deliverance from exile wasn't another physical insurrection. That was their whole story. You know, they would have healing and then they would fall back into it and, and rebel against God. Their hope, ultimately, all this was pointing forward to was Jesus. He's the one who becomes flesh as we just went through the, the Christmas season, the Advent season. And he brings order from chaos, just like he did in the original creation when the earth was empty and without form and void and the spirit was over the face of the waters. We see Jesus come on the scene and he speaks life he reverses the effects of the curse as he shows his power over disasters, over demons, over walls of division. And then with his death, when he dies, he, he shows us the upside down way his kingdom advances. You know how he wins? By surrendering. Into your hands, Father, I give you my spirit. He prays and then he dies as he takes his last breath. He stomps out evil by waiting and trusting his father for three days. He asked the Holy Spirit, trust him to handle the enemy. And the Spirit comes through and raises him from the dead. 
And, and this same spirit is the one that is given to us until Jesus returns. Like, this is crazy that he is with us in our midst, in you, and in our midst as a church. And Jesus is going to return to finish what he started. But in the here and now, we've got the power of the spirit and the hope of the gospel to offer the world. That's all we have. If we're just giving people like a cool place to come and drink some local coffee and have an emotional high for an hour, like I'm packing up and going home. That's not worth it. It's too much work. But if we're offering to people who are thirsty and dead, water and life, and say simply, we're just pointing you to Jesus. That's all we have to offer, but that is everything, and it is enough. We need the spirit of the living God, the one who broke the chains of death and Hades. We need that spirit to be present with us in our midst, and we've been promised that that's what he will do. And so this year, and always moving forward, right? This isn't a new thing. That's the, the goal of the church is just to proclaim the old, old news of Jesus. We're not doing anything revolutionary. We're just saying dependence on him as we dig deep. That's our hope. So in a minute, Kevin and I are going to share some specific dreams and prayers that we have for 2022. But before we do that, I want to quickly look back. We did a little bit of this at our member meeting uh, back in November. Um, but I want to highlight a few things that God did in 2021. I'm not big on numbers. Um, they can be helpful metrics, but, but I'm going to share some numbers because what I think you can do is we're like in the midst of it. Sometimes it's good to just step back and say, look what God has done. And sometimes we're in the midst of it. We're not seeing that. And so some things that, that have happened here. First of all, we saw many within the New Eden family experience the beauty of the transforming and healing power of the simple gospel message in a fresh way. And many of us, not necessarily for the first time, but maybe in, in a new way or maybe in a fresh way, there's nothing new about the gospel, but as we grow, the Spirit will be so gracious to, to give us eyes to further see, right? Watch the disciples for years. It's like they, were, they, would, they would follow Jesus, but then they weren't quite getting it, and then they would have these moments of gospel awakening, and that's what we're seeing. We added 19 new covenant members to our family, and I'm so grateful for the core team that God is building here at New England. Like, I'm glad you're all a part, the gifts that you bring to the table, and just as humans, like we love you, and we're so glad you're a part of our church family. Um, we, like I said, we purchased this building, and we got through a renovation project, um, you know, renovated the first floor. And as a result of being here on Bank Street, strategic location that only the Spirit could, could do for us, we've seen so many missional opportunities present themselves, right? Whether it's participating in a trick-or-treat or a Christmas parade or a homecoming parade or whatever, we're just out here handing out hot chocolate, whatever, just hanging out, being a part of the community. And it's so like just natural. Like we're not forcing it, having to send out flyers to beg people to come here. And there's nothing wrong with that, like doing outreach, but we're able to just be a part of what God's already doing. Um, we've got strategic partnerships with churches like First Missionary Baptist right down the street and other businesses and nonprofits in our community right here. God has given us favor with people in the city. That's just been encouraging. It's been an answer to prayer. Um, launched a new missional community group. We'll probably need to launch another one soon. Um, this is what I'm super excited about. For a church, our, our size, like we're not a big church, so just look around, right? And for our age, we're about 18 months old. We gave, this is internally, um, about $27,000 toward our missional partners. That's local, regional, and global. So over the last 2021. So that's, that's New Eden members or regular attenders giving that number, which is crazy. And then on top of that, 
through the New Eden Church, uh, we facilitated the fundraising of another $39,000 from outside donors that, that gave towards missional work. So total that $63,000 given toward local, regional, and global mission work. Like, that's crazy. Like, only the Spirit can do that. And so we're able to, like, have that in our DNA and culture from day one. And I'm not going to take time to do it. I would love to tell the stories of what that means, right? But we're not going to do that. Um, just quick number. So I'm excited about what the future holds for New Eden Church and not because you or me are like so amazing. Like I love all of y'all, but the reality is none of us are actually that impressive. Like you know yourself, right? We're broken. We're flawed. And that's okay. Because of the work of Jesus, God has chosen to use this unimpressive ragtag group of people empowered by his spirit This is what we're told in Ephesians, to display to the cosmic powers of the universe who who see everything, like they see planets and stars and all the good creation that God's created. And God chooses to look at New Eden Church and say, you want to see my glory? Here it is. And the cosmic powers of the universe are in awe at what Jesus has done through his church. And so that is reason to celebrate another year to simply follow Jesus together.